We're back with more Tapped Out with Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine on the BetQL Network. All right, we'll get back into fighting here in just a second. The final four is underway from the Big Easy. Kansas is up 12 to 5 over Villanova with 14 minutes left in the first half. So we'll keep you updated on that one. The Jayhawks came into this game as a four point favorite. Brendan Tobin in Miami. I'm Sean Levine in Kansas City. Let's welcome on from ESPN, Eagle FC, amongst other titles, Jim Rodriguez, back to the show. Uh, Jim, before we get too far into it, because we know it's going to come up at some point, when it comes to Jake Paul, how do the other fighters feel? I'm talking about boxers right now, feel about this guy, because I'm not saying he's been the most important thing to happen to boxing in the last five years, but that's kind of what I'm saying. I'll tell you, what's up, guys? I would agree 100% with you, and I would say any boxer that – disparages Jake Paul hasn't needed to make any money from Jake Paul. Uh, And that's how that works. I think Jake Paul is dollar bills. I think he's wheelbarrows. I think he is definitely Brinks trucks that backs in. I think he's the best thing. I mean, ask Amanda Serrano what she thinks of Jake Paul. I think she'll have to say lots of good things about him. I think he's good for boxing. And he, you know, I think he keeps everything, you know, everybody honest and everybody on their toes. I think he's great. Jim, good to have you on again, man. Uh, so the biggest news, I think, this week, we finally have uh, George Cambosis' uh, next title fight. There was uh, a lot of talk it was going to be Vasily Lomachenko. Obviously, what's going on with Ukraine, uh, Lomachenko bowed out of this one, so it ends up being Devin Haney. Uh, how do you like this matchup? Are you uh, disappointed we're not getting Cambosis versus Lomachenko? Do you like the fact that we are getting one for the undisputed title and can kind of settle the score here between George and Devin? Listen, I give Devin Haney all the props in the world. I mean, you know, going halfway around the world to hunt for that undisputed title. I mean, that's kind of old school. You know, he's going to Australia. He's going to fight. You know, at least the the fight is going to be in prime time here in the United States. So it's actually going to be on June the 4th, Saturday, you know, at night. The fight's actually, you know, in the morning of June the 5th in Australia. Um, but I, I give Devin Haney a lot of credit to go after that belt, try to shake off all the haters. You know, um, you're always as good as your last fight. And what was Cambosa's last fight? Well, he shocked the world by beating, uh, you know, Teofimo Lopez in New York. Devin Haney looked a little shaky against Jorge Linares. You look at that 10th round, it opened up a lot of eyes. You know, Devin Haney didn't know where his corner was after Linares hit him with a right hand. So I think Devin Haney is going to be your betting favorite, and he should be. He's younger. Um, but in Australia with Australian judges, I think Devin Haney needs a knockout. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see uh, how this fight unfolds. And I think, you know, the lightweight division is stacked and we're finally starting to see some fights. And yeah, of course, we wanted to see Lomachenko, but, you know, the world and more important things uh, came calling. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm agreeing. I'm also, I'm also happy that this whole undisputed thing can kind of finally be settled between you know, the WBC handing out belts like they're candy. So, like, everybody's a WBC <laughs> right? champion. So, I'm happy that that gets settled. With, with Devin, you know, you mentioned his, uh, you know, the the guts that it takes to kind of silence the doubters. It's been a lot, I would say, out of the lightweights. He gets the most comparisons to a young Floyd Mayweather. But he did show some vulnerabilities, like you said, against Lenars. Do you think that was a case of him wanting to show that he is a more exciting fighter? And do you think that he's mature enough to, you know, I guess eradicate some of that in a fight like this? Like, what did he? What do you think he learned from a fight like that in Linares where he didn't really cap it off probably the way he should have? Yeah, I mean, I think I think you learn that a fight is 12 rounds. You know, it, it, you know I, I, think he, I think he was feeling himself. He, 
he was pretty close to pitching a shutout in that fight. And I think he was having some fun. I think he took his foot off the accelerator, took his eye off the road a little bit. You know, when you're driving and, and you look down to see who texted you, and all of a sudden you're hitting the, that, the little median, the little bump, bumpity, bumpity, bump, bump on the road. And I think that's what happened to him. He survived it. Um, you know, I think he's figuring out never to do that again. I think his old man's going to tell him that. And, uh, and I think the, the fascinating part to me about this is Devin Haney needs to go to Australia and put George on his butt. He needs to win that decisively because if this thing goes to the judges, uh, you know, he's not winning it. And to give you further how much Haney wants this fight, if Haney should go and beat Combosis, they've got a rematch clause and it's back again in Australia. So Haney gave him everything for this title shot. Uh, which uh, matchup are you looking forward to more next week as far as a return is concerned? The return of Gennady Golovkin, getting to see Triple G back in action, or Ryan Garcia? We haven't seen Ryan Garcia in a hot minute. He's, uh, I mean, a heavy, heavy fan. I think he's like minus 1450 in this in this uh, fight uh, coming up next week. Yeah, it's ridiculous against uh, Emmanuel Tago. But who who is a uh, return are you more excited for, Jim? Well, I think, you know, Ryan, all Ryan Garcia does is create even more competition at lightweight in the 135. So I think that's good for boxing because all of a sudden, if Ryan Garcia can stop feeling sad, and I'm not trying to make fun of the guy, I'm just saying he, you know, if he can just get his stuff together, and all of a sudden you've got him, you've got Haney, you've got Combosis, you've got Tank Davis, you've got all of these great guys that are going to make 135 the new 168. So I think that's only good for boxing. Triple G. I want Triple G to, play, to, 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 to to look good because we want to see that Canelo fight in September. If Triple G looks awful, we're not going to see that Triple G fight in September, that Canelo fight in September. So really, for me, I'm hoping more for the division and for the sport for Ryan Garcia to look good. When do we get to the point when it comes to that Triple G, uh, Gennady Golovkin fight where it ends up being too late like we saw with Pacquiao Mayweather? I think we're there. I think we're pretty close. I mean, mm. if it doesn't happen... If it doesn't happen, you know, Mexican Independence Weekend, which is in September, I mean, if we're going into, I think maybe, if it doesn't happen by Cinco de Mayo 23, I think the ship has sailed. Because at that point, you know, I, at that point, let, let, let's see them play video games of, of each other when they were in their prime. And maybe that would be more compelling than seeing these guys get in the ring. Because <laughs> at this point, I don't think we need to see Triple G in the ring much longer, much, much past Cinco de Mayo next year. Uh, Jim, we've been hearing a lot more talk from Errol Spence that he seems more willing to fight Terrence Crawford, especially if Terrence ever does uh, decide to sign with PBC. He's coming up in a couple weeks against Jordanus Ugas. Obviously, no down in Miami. He got the key to the city recently after his win over Manny Pacquiao. Uh, so these two are squaring up. Do you think that Ugas has any chance? And if he doesn't, if, if Errol Spence does pull off the win, will we finally get Terrence Crawford versus Spence by the end of the year? Well, just looking at the looking at the books, I mean, Ugas plus three forty as the as you know in that fight, while while Spence is minus four sixty five. So the books tell you everything you need to go from there. I mean, listen, again, you go by what was your most recent fight, and Ugas retired Manny Pacquiao. He was as dominant as as anyone could ever have expected. And Errol Spence, I think we're we're waiting to see what are we going to see with Errol Spence. We're you know how how has how has all the trials and tribulations that have happened to his life affected him? I think uh, for Ugas, it's a tremendous payday. It's a great opportunity fighting in Jerry's world in Dallas, you know, at the 50-yard line there on the star. I mean, Spence should win the fight, but I'm always leery of guys that are looking ahead 
to, you know, oh, I want to fight Bud Crawford. I want to do this. Let's get through Ugas. Ugas is not a Ugas is tough, man, and he's got he's, and he's got that Cuban juju, as, as you know, living in Miami, man. You go down to those, you know, he, he's got some people opening some paths for him. He's got a oldest Chapman in his corner. He's got all the the, the spirit in the Santaria. So I I would not rule out Ugas. I don't know the the situation down there with gypsies in Miami, but I do know the Gypsy King <laughs> has been dominant now for a while. What ultimately do you think is going to be the legacy of Tyson Fury? Do you think we could be talking about a top five best heavyweight when he ends up hanging up the gloves? Listen, he is, I think, I, I'm just talking about camera presence. I'm talking about when you see him, he is the modern day Muhammad Ali, right? I mean, you know, remember when Conor McGregor, you know, first came up, he was the, he was the Irish Muhammad Ali just because of the, his swag and the camera and the success. But I mean, I think I see Tyson Fury. I just smile. I see Tyson Fury. I know I'm going to, it's going to be an, it's going to be entertainment. He brings entertainment and boxing together. I mean, I think Tyson's ultimate criticism is that, you know, there's always been that, it's not ducking guys, but waiting and waiting and waiting. So it, it just takes a long time to see him get in the ring. We're going to see him, you know, at the end of this month in in, in London and maybe get that heavy wheel going. You know, I think I think Tyson's got at least one, a two, you know, this fight, and he's got a fight. I don't know if it's AJ or if it's Usyk, but he's got at least two more fights coming up, and I'm going to miss him because I think he's amazing. And you know, and, and for me, he's, he's he's the champion of the fat guys. I see him, and I'm like, yes. Not that yes. I could ever do that, but damn it, the fat guys win when I see Tyson Fury. It has been it has been the year the uh, the years of the bad body between him and Andy Ruiz, both both hosting the belts. Uh, before right? we... The dad bods yeah. win. On the uh, on the other side of that bracket, though, uh, we did get from the news from Usyk, uh, he is going to get uh, into into training camp for his fight with AJ. How much does that worry you? Like you know, Lomachenko, he bowed out of the Cambos' fight. Usyk is going to go and train while he's got his country under attack. Does that worry you for the man who has more heavyweight belts than anybody right now, focusing for a rematch against Anthony Joshua, even though he handled him pretty easily the last time around? Any trepidation about what it can mean for Alexander Usyk when he takes on AJ again because of everything going on back home for him? Yeah, I mean the fight. If if we keep thinking or we keep hearing around September, maybe October, so so he would get a proper training. You know, get those ninety days in to do it because you know we're you know we, we you know we're not even in May yet. You know, we're barely starting April, so I think he'd be able to get in there and train. Sure, if all of a sudden world you know events change and things get really scary and things get really weird yeah that, that that's always a, a possibility because that's stuff that's out of his control i mean he's the kind of guy that that to me seems like he's very self-motivated he's got a fury in, in the sense that he knows how to have fun he knows how to give sound bites he knows how to play but he knows how to focus so i think i think he's fine i think you know and i think anthony joshua is to me paper champion glass chin whatever you want to call it i think he's a great you know Folks model for, for 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 underwear as opposed to getting in the ring and and, and, and fighting. So I think he's he's a good guy to come back with. You know, we saw what a motivated Anthony Johnson did against Andy Ruiz, but we're I also don't see uh, uh, Usyk showing up to to the rematch with a dad bod like 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 Andy Ruiz did. But I, I think there's always sure there's always that unknown if all of a sudden things take a turn for the worse uh, in the Ukraine. But I think he'll be ready. I think he'll be able to put that aside, and he'll be ready. And, and if there's even more motivation to fight for your country and give people hope and give people, you know, sort of a light at the end of the tunnel, I think Lucy can provide that. 
Jim Rodriguez from ESPN. Also, Eagle FC, before you get out of here, anything new with the promotion out there with Eagle? Well, May 20th is our, is our next event uh, here in Miami and on the uh, FlexCast app. Uh, main event, you know, Junior Dos Santos against Jorgen DeCastro, which is fun. And then a great co-main event in that you've got Hector Lombard from Bellator fame going up against Thiago Silva, guys that, you know, know each other, trained with each other. So you've got some veterans there. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be guys that like to throw some hands. And, and it's great. It's going to be great to see Junior Dos Santos back in the cage. Great stuff as always. We love having you on, man. We'll do it again soon. Thanks for your time. Anytime. And by the way, kudos to your producer who said, hey, no cursing and no cussing or I got to boot you. So it got me right on point. So, fellas, I like, I like you guys are running uh, yeah. a tight ship over there. Dude, <laughs> if, you would have heard, if you would have heard the potty mouth of Calvin Cater, you would understand why. He almost got the entire network kicked off the air. So we appreciate well, that. Well, I, I almost want to show my age, but I almost just want to go leave and say, booger. <laughs> Thanks, man. That's Jim Rodriguez, ESPN, FC, joining us here on Tapped Out. Uh, I don't know if you're paying any attention to this. So Jake's out there in Philly, which is the home of Villanova. I'm here in Kansas City, 20 minutes outside of Lawrence, Kansas, the home of my beloved Jayhawks. Right now, with 928 left in the first half, Kansas, this is what I call an old-fashioned, passionate ass-kicking. The Jayhawks are putting it on Villanova right now, Jake. 26 to 11. I'm not great at math, but at this pace, Katie's going to win this game by about 60 points. Yeah, I think the last time I checked, uh, Agbaji and McCormick were like a combined 9 of 10 or something like that. Uh, Pretty hard to win. I will take issue with one thing you said. They are not a Philly team. They're a Philly area team. This is a uh, point Uh, of much contention of uh, Philadelphia fans. It's a big, big hot topic. So, uh, Sounds like a guy that might have gone to school to Temple. Is Temple (laughs) really in Philly? Temple is in the heart of Philly, as is like LaSalle, Drexel, Penn, obviously. So like all the big five schools kind of look at Villanova and are like, yeah, not really Philly. All I know about Temple is they they lumped Miami with Al Golden. Terrible. Temple Uh, football. You be for a couple of years. Don't even bring up don't bring up Miami around me because uh what was his name? Who was the coach of uh the Hurricanes football program? Um Jimmy Johnson. Marco, Mario. Come on, Manny Diaz. Manny Diaz. Oh, signs up for just, Temple. Wish you guys would have take, kept him. I, we, honestly, dude, you should take a look at that program. We we need him. Jake, oh, didn't no, you you say when, Jake, didn't you say when you were at Temple that the like, football program was good? It was really good. That was when they were, I think, 15 overall going up against a top 10 Notre Dame team. Halloween, the city was buzzing like I've never seen it for a Temple football game. Uh, college game day went, uh, went came to Philly. I forget exactly where they were, but an incredible experience, which is completely out of the norm for like any Temple student. If you picked out any other year, really, it's all about basketball. But yeah, Temple football, Matt Rule, my dog, guy. Dog, I don't mean to steal your thunder, but when I went to KU, they won the Orange Bowl. Ooh, Kansas football one, won the freaking Orange Bowl. Unbelievable. Oh, by the way, they also won the national championship that year in basketball. Mario Chalmers hit a big shot. And speaking of KU basketball, they are bludgeoning Villanova right now by a dozen, 28 to 16. We'll keep you updated on that game. The Jayhawks came in as a four-point favorite. we got to tell you who we think the greatest UFC fighter is of all time. we got our call-outs, and then we tap out right here on the Bet QL Network.